evening, everyone. We thank you for joining us tonight. Today is November the 9th, 2021. We will start again in our series in the book of James. Reading James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. We're going to pray before we start our reading. Father God, we bless you and we thank you. We honor you for who you are. We thank you tonight for giving us the wisdom and the ability to teach your people. But we understand the seriousness behind uh, teachers and the seriousness behind having a word, a taught word for those whom will hear your word. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you give us the ability to hear your spirit the spirit man, the the teacher that will come and assist us as we deliver the word of God to your people. Father, help us. In other words, we, we understand our inability to do this on our own, but we desire your help, your lead, and your guide, and we appreciate you for never giving up on us tonight, God. Holy Father, open up our understanding so that we may be able to hear your word in the scriptures. We want to hear it, we want to see it, and we want to feel it. We welcome the Spirit. We welcome the Holy Spirit to come and and have its way in our Bible class teaching tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, men and women of God, come on to the book of James chapter 3. I will be reading from the New American Standard Bible. I pray that you have your Bibles with you as well. Don't allow me to read along by myself, but get the Word of God and read it along with me. James chapter 3, and we're going to be reading from verses 1 through 12. We are going to be talking about the tongue tonight. The tongue. James chapter 3. This is what it says. Let let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire? And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life, and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea, is tamed as has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. For the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Verse 12, can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. We bless the Lord for the reading and hearing of his word.
We thank God for James tonight as he has penned this word for us. Very serious word. We, we, we have a powerful thing within us and on our body that is attached to, to our mouths and that is the tongue. I don't think a lot of times we don't take, um, we don't pay much attention to the tongue. I know daily, I don't know if you do or not, but but daily I brush my tongue while I'm brushing my teeth. I brush that tongue as well. But after reading the book of James, it has made me even think about it even more as I as I do my regular routines daily uh, with the tongue, it just it just reminds me of how the tongue can be of help to others, but also how it can destroy as well. And we we, we really need to pay attention to to what we have attached to our bodies and how it can affect the lives of others even positively or negative. It, it can do a positive uh, effect on folks or negative. But let's go and look at the word of the Lord. Look at verse 1. Let's start it right here. It says, let, no men, let not many of you become teachers. Listen. Listen to John. He said, let not many of you become teacher. What is a teacher? A teacher is simply a person who teaches or instructs. And James is saying, let not many of you become teachers. And what a teacher does, they teach or instruct. And what it looks like to teach, it looks like one that imparts knowledge or skills in a certain area. Or they give instruction to those that are listening or to those that are wanting to learn, to a learner. So... If you are a teacher today, you know you have people that are looking up to you and seeking the knowledge that you have so that it can they can make that a part of their lives. They, they want to make an impact on their lives. So a learner is a person who is learning as a student or an apprentice or somebody that that sits up under one that is over them. And they desire the knowledge that is given from a teacher. So James is saying, let not many of you become teachers. Why is James saying this? James uh, knows the responsibility that comes with being a teacher. He, He knows the load. A teacher carries, and if you if if you notice, many people in our church world today, they don't desire to be called teachers. And they act as if that's not something that's impressive, or something that others desire. They want big, bigger names or bigger titles, but a teacher has such a vital role in the church and in the lives of others. And James is saying it is, this role is so serious that he said, don't let many of you become teachers because you're going to bear the responsibility of what, what it means to become a teacher. He's pretty much given a warning. Why? Because teachers, uh, they have the responsibility concerning the scriptures. They have the responsibility of speaking the truth of God's word. And not only just speaking the truth, but that we do it accurately. And there have been times that many of us may have thought we were teaching what the scripture says, but over the years we have been more and more enlightened concerning the word. And a teacher is not ashamed to go back and say, you know, 
I was in error concerning this subject right here. So a teacher is one that bears the responsibility of giving the truth of God's word accurately. And this is what James is talking about. And he says, he said, the reason I'm saying this, he said, I want you to know that you as a teacher, you're going to be, you're going to have the stricter judgment. You're going to have the stricter judgment. Why? You're going to have a stricter judgment than those whom you are teaching. Why will, will this be? Why is James saying this? Please understand, men and women of God, what it means to tell the truth. A lot of times the truth hurt and, and a lot of times the truth is not popular. A lot of times it takes a courageous man or woman that would be willing to stand in the gap to speak the truth. So teachers, real teachers, genuine teachers, men and women of God, they don't stray away from the truth. They don't give their opinions, but they give the truth of his word. They don't make up stuff in the scriptures. They don't make the scriptures say something that it is not. But it, a teacher will stick to the book. It will stick to the word of God. And this is why we can appreciate our elder Morrison so much. And and many of us don't take the opportunity we have with the gift that elder Morrison has at pursuing, pursuing word ministries. He teaches the word of God in such faithfulness and diligent in his teaching. He, he diligently studies the word of God so that you and I can, can be good learners. We can learn and receive a lot of wisdom from the word of the Lord. And a lot of times we don't, we don't appreciate that like we should. But we see that a teacher does not give their opinion, but they simply teaches the truth. And the reason why a teacher also gives, it it will have a, a harder judgment. It's because of how many people's lives that we can affect. A lot of people... We have the ability through what we speak as teachers. And I don't claim, I I don't claim to have that gift of teaching. I don't claim to have it as much as uh, others may have it. For example, I know the Lord has certainly given me the gift of love. I know this, the gift of helps. But... When it comes to teaching, I can't say that I have that real strong. I can't say that. But what I will say is that he has brought me over the years to obtain more knowledge concerning how it is and what it means to be a teacher. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting better, but... I just, that wasn't my, one of my stronger gifts, but it's getting stronger. So, but we that are teachers and I appreciate the Lord for what it is that he's gave me and how he's, he's molding you and me, but, but we, we really need to understand that we can affect so many people's lives. And sometimes that feeling can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming uh, because so many people will look up to us and so many people are waiting to see what it is that we're going to do. Teachers, as teachers, we cannot just teach the word, but we also have to live the word. We bear the responsibility of living what it is that we teach. This is why we fall into such strict judgment. 
Everybody is looking at us when it's all said and done. Our families are watching us. Our co-workers are watching us. The, the, the world is watching you and me. Verse 2 says, for we, we all stumble in many areas. James wants us to understand that we are not perfect. Nobody. I don't care what title you and I may hold. We are not perfect. But when we understand the responsibility that comes along with living a holy and a sanctified life, uh, living a life in which whom we say we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, or we call ourselves teachers, preachers, ministers of God, we know that many people are watching us. So, so, so we some, sometimes we we have felt over the years that that we have to be perfect. We have to do it just right. And sometimes we we fall in error, and and we feel like we can't confess the thing. We feel like we can't be forgiven for it, so we try to hide it. But James is simply saying, for we stumble in many ways. Why? We are in the flesh. So he's saying, he's not expecting the teacher or any of us to be perfect because we there's none of us that's perfect. But listen how he puts it this way. He's but if any, if anyone does not stumble, he said, for we go back to two for we all stumble in many ways if anyone does not stumble in what he says he is a perfect man see James is now focusing on the tongue how quickly we all fall in error with this thing we have called the tongue if any of you never stumbles or messes up with your words he said, you are, you are a perfect man. He said, look, a perfect man is able to bridle his whole body as well. If we, if we never make a mistake, if we never slip up, this is what James is saying. He said, there is nobody that is infallible. Everybody messes up. Everybody stumbles in one way, form, or fashion. So, he says, when a teacher stumbles, he can cause a whole crowd of people to stumble with him. Why? Because he's the teacher. So, he said, that's why don't be so quick to teach or don't be so quick to call yourself a teacher. Or don't be so quick to desire that office because that holds a lot of responsibility. James is saying the tongue is the teacher's indispensable tool. We could we could seriously harm others with our tongue. And if we're not careful and we, we bring judgment on people and we cause our tongue to be a weapon that will destroy situations and will destroy families and homes, will destroy uh, people's way they think about themselves just by the way we say things. He said... It, you're going to have to answer to God. You're going to be under strict and harsh judgment. So we as teachers, we need to take it to heart. What James is saying, and, and he's, he, he's very clear in what he's saying. He, it, but, but he says, like, he's saying in other words, also know that there is only, there has only ever been only one perfect man, and that is Christ. We're not perfect. So once we understand that 
and we understand how much we need Christ and his spirit to help lead and guide us, we'll take serious the word of God and see what we're actually up against. And while it talks about the tongue. So we must take this word of God and take teaching with the seriousness of heart. And we must take the way we live our lives with seriousness before we speak a word. That's why we should be eager to listen and slow to speak. We should really think about what it is that we are saying. Makes me think about Brother Wade and how he used to say, he used to say, be careful with your words. Be careful with your words. The tongue. Listen and look at what James is saying. Please understand that James is not condemning being a teacher or the role of a teacher. Because we, the church, we need people. We need those gifts of teaching. We need those that are willing and qualified, trained teachers to continue to speak the truth of God's word. Not what folk want to hear, but to speak the truth, not speak what what being taught to us as tradition over the years and is nowhere found in the scriptures, but we require people, no, speak the truth of his word. So James is saying, don't hurry into this. Don't hurry into teaching. But if, if, if you have the gift of teaching and you know God has called you to this, and he is helping you grow like he's helping. He has been helping me over the years to grow. And I will always say it. He has over the years helped me to become a better teacher. Sometimes we can desire to be teachers because we were inspired by our teacher. And just like I said, we have one of the greatest teachers in the world at Pursuing Word Ministries. And, and when we have teachers like that, we, we, we desire to want to also be knowledgeable and have the truth of his word. So he's, he's, he's not saying this is not a good thing, but he's to take it serious. He's urging self-control when he begins to talk about the tongue. Look at, look at verse number three. And it's the latter part of number two where he begins to talk about the tongue. Listen to what he says. Verse three, it says, Now if we put bits into horses' mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. This is what he's saying. James here is giving us examples of the tongue, the power of the tongue. He's giving us three analogies of how powerful the tongue is. So he says now, first, on verse 3, now if we put the bits in the horse's mouth... What is a bit? It is simply a small metal that controls the entire movement of a horse. He said, if you put this bit in the horse's mouth, as big and as heavy as a horse is, he says, you put it in his mouth so that they will obey us. And, and by them obeying us, by the bit being in the horse's mouth, we direct their entire body as well. See how powerful, in other words, he's saying, as that small piece of metal is able to control the weight of a heavy horse, and we're able to guide it. He said that is the same power 
we, our tongue has that same type of power. Read on down to what it says in verse 4. He said, look at the ship also, though they are so great and driven by by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. He is saying, giving another analogy about the tongue, comparing it to a rudder on a ship. And, and that, what is that? That's simply a small flap of metal that determines the course or the way in which that big ship, uh, imagine a cruise, how that small piece of flap is able to guide that big ship. Look at how powerful the tongue is. He said, in the same way, the tongue, uh, even though it's very small, it determines the course of a person's life. So James is simply wanting his readers and listeners to understand how what, what powerful thing we have with the tongue. Look at verse 5. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. Look how powerful the tongue is, is what James is saying. How it is able, if, if he said, in other words, if, if, you take, if, if you take this tongue, and it says... A small little thing, it can spark a fire in somebody's life. And that fire can be sparked either positive or negative. So what we say and how we say it makes a total can make a total difference in somebody else's life. And this is what James is trying to get his readers to understand. The tongue, we don't want it to assassinate a person's character or destroy a person's reputation. We know that the tongue itself can destroy a whole church, rip it apart by one person's tongue. This is this is serious. Look at how Swindoll puts it this way, talking about the tongue. He says, our words can build unity or demolish it. The tongue can encourage fellowship or destroy it. Our mouths can form community or fracture it. The tongue is a small but powerful member. Yes, it has the ability to do tremendous good, but it also has the potential to do incalculable harm, says Swindoll. So as we think about the tongue in that way, we must consider how many times we don't even see the tongue that is so small. Why? Because our body is built up of so many large, so much, so many other members connected to the body. A lot of times we forget about the tongue. And we, and because of our emotions, sometimes we can be so quick to say something. And because of, uh, the way we may be feeling, maybe we, we may not be feeling well that day. Or maybe we have gone through a, a stressful week. And we can cut somebody real quick. And, they, and, and we, 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 we can make, because, uh, cause somebody to, to end, end up hating themselves or harming themselves, the tongue. It is so powerful. Look at what James is saying. Look what he says here. James says, 
In the latter part of verse 3, see how great the forest is set aflame by such a small fire. He said just one little spark. If you have just a little spark of a flame, it don't take much in a in a dry in in in, in a dry forest to to set that whole forest to go for miles and miles and miles and set that whole forest on fire. He said that tongue has the ability to do the same damage. But just as it has the same way to do that damage, it could also have that spark of positivity in other people's lives. We have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to lift up others with our tongue. It calls others to want to change their lives. If we are being led by the Spirit of God. Look at verse 6. And the tongue is a fire. Listen, James even compares it and it said this the tongue is a fire the very world of iniquity James move on to an even more direct picture to demonstrate both the necessity and the danger of the tongue he lets us know that the tongue is a fire so when you look at your tongue look at it as a lit up fire He says, it's a world of iniquity. The tongue, it defiles the entire body. It sets on fire the course of our life, and it sets on fire by hell. Listen, James is not playing about how harsh the words, the, 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 he, he, he's been harsh with the tongue. Said how, the, the, how harsh, how negative our tongues can how what it looks like he said it's a full range of iniquity Ah. in other words he said look at the heart what's going what's going on in your heart that will spill out such harshness of the tongue the tongue can suddenly turn a gentle person into what we would call an evil person. The world of iniquity. He even connects the tongue with hell. The connection to hell. Oh my goodness. The tongue is set on fire by hell. And then it sets the entire course of our lives on fire. This is what James is saying that Greek word hell here is Gehenna. And this word appears only in Jesus' teaching in the Gospels. Here in James, and it talks about, remember remember how the scriptures talks about Gehenna. And and how Gehenna, how, how hell how hell is, is is thrown into how how hell is thrown into the fire. It's a, it's it's another place. How hell has enlarged. How hell has enlarged herself. And I'm trying to I'm trying to find the words to demonstrate. Can't seem to find the words. And especially when we're talking about the tongue, I want to be very careful with how I explain it. But when you talk about Gehenna, it refers it refers to the Hinnom Valley, which runs along the south side of Jerusalem. And look, look how Swindoll describes Gehenna. In the days of Jesus and James, residents of Jerusalem stacked all their garbage and filth. In the Hinnom Valley, where it was often burned, in this place called Gehenna. So, all the trash 
and all the what what didn't matter, all the trash and all the filth. They will bring it to this valley and they will set it on fire and for it to be burnt. He compares the tongue in the same way. It's almost as if James is saying, you know that stinking, smoldering trash dump south of town? Our tongues are just like that. So it makes you want to brush your teeth even more. It's almost as if he's saying that tongue can be so stinking and 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 spread and smear over the lives of others if it is uncontrolled. When we start fussing and, and, and fighting, he 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 is saying that the garbage in our hearts is set ablaze. It, it spreads. You can smell the stench of it. And so he said the tongue is like it's a reminding of or a reminder of that garbage burning in the Hinnom Valley. Our tongues let everybody hear the wickedness that is in our hearts. So he's saying it's not, in other words, it's not what's gone into the man. And I believe that's in Matthew chapter chapter 15. It's not what goes into the man, but it's what that defiles a man, not what we put in our mouths, but it's what comes out of the mouth. It's, it's what's in our hearts. What's in our hearts, saints? That's what James is saying. He is really being very detailed about what the tongue looks like and how it can destroy people's lives. It can destroy our entire bodies. Look at verse 7. For every species of the beast, of beasts and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. Now he goes on to say, you know, this. There's no animal on this earth that has not been tamed. And how it it, it shows how the Lord gave Adam and gave us dominion over the animals, over creatures. But he said the one thing that cannot be tamed is the tongue. You said, you see how we're so very careful how we need to be so very careful about what's in our hearts. We, 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 we really should know what are our motives. What is in our hearts? What is, what is it that's keeping us? Do we have the word of God that is within us? He said, the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against him, against his word. So if we don't have the word of God in our heart, what else can come out? Every other beast, birds and reptiles and creatures, dolphins, elephants, you name it, tigers. We see them on the television, how they can actually tame a dolphin or a tiger. Get them to jump through hoops. But the tongue, no man has been able to tame it. That's some serious business. That's some serious talk. Nobody has been able to tame the tongue. James here is very careful. When he talks about, verse 8, he said, But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless. It's a restless evil. And it's full of deadly poison. He is very careful to let you and me know and understand. Don't you be deceived by what's in your heart, men and women of God. Don't you think for one minute that you got this. 
especially when you're looking at yourself in your own strength, you ain't got a thing. If you ain't been moved and stirred by the Spirit of God. James is talking about being able to subdue our sinful speech by our own power. It can't happen. If we're trying to walk in our own strength and we know we work under pressure, we know we deal with a lot of hard-headed folk, folk that just don't want to act right, don't want to do right, don't want to follow the rules, want to make their own rules up along the way. We deal with a lot of mess in this world. And he said, if we try to deal with it in our own strength, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in a I'm, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to work. I'm, before I go to work, I, I'm going to go work out and get my mind right. I'm going to get me a cup of coffee and get my mind right to deal with these people today. He said, it ain't going to work. No man has been able to do it in his own strength. He's saying, human beings, us, people, we do not have the ability to keep our own tongues in check. We can't do it by ourselves. But if we know the Christ on a personal level, how can we know him on a personal level if we're not giving him the time of day? And we wonder why we're flipping out on folk. We can do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will do a work on our hearts. So that what's in our hearts can come out. Because we, look, the scripture says the heart is desperately wicked. But if we, the men and women women of God, knowing our tongues is a wicked thing. If we understand that for real. And we know that we need the Spirit of the Lord to help to lead and guide us. The Spirit can tame the tongue. The Spirit can, but we cannot. It's impossible for us to do it by ourselves. Without the Spirit, we can't do it. But with God, all things are possible, men and women of God. James paints this picture in, in verse 8. He says, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless, evil, full of death. It's deadly poison. How many of you been bit by a poisonous snake and survived it? Deadly poison. This, this tongue can do so much damage. We need help, men and women of God. By the Holy Spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why that's why we're gonna get our help. We can't get it through through nothing else but through the word of our God. Look at verse 9. And we almost finished. With it we bless our Lord and Father. With what? With the tongue. He said, with the same tongue that is so deadly and ruthless, poisonous, that same tongue we we bless our Lord and Father. We sing praises to him. We lift his name. We magnify, we testify of his goodness. He said, with that same tongue, we, we turn around and curse men, blast them out. How crazy to people. Discourage folk. But with that same tongue. Oh God how I love you. Oh God how I magnify you. Listen to that. He's beginning to show out. Humanistic side. Of what we do. How How we go to church on a regular basis. And we bless him. How we sing praises to our Father. How we pray to Him. But with that same tongue that we just 
got the hot all over in the spirit and worship. The same tongue that somebody got on our nerves and we cursed them. We talked about the men and women of God with the same tongue that we honored the Lord with just minutes, minutes apart, minutes apart. Look at verse 10. It says, from the, from the same mouth come, come, come both blessings and cursing. Look at the tongue. And this is what James is saying. See, this tongue has the ability to do both. With an untamed, it can do more harm. It has done more harm than enough. But through the help of the Holy Spirit, don't you know, don't you understand this is why we need the Spirit of God? The same tongue, it can do both. It can bless and it can curse. But he says in verse 10, towards the end, he said, my brethren, my sisters, men and women of God. He said, these things ought not to be. Wonder why. The world don't trust the church. It's because we're blessing and cursing. He said these things are not to be. It shouldn't be. But have we made error and have we made mistakes? Yes, we have. But now that you have understood what this tongue is, you need to cons- we need to consider our words. Consider our ways. He turns and asks a question. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? This is what he said. Listen, James says the product is consistent with the source. A man who speaks out of two sides of his mouth reflects the heart of a double-minded man. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 7 and 18. He said, A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Listen to that. This, This is something that Jesus said. Either you're one or the other. So when we understand what is in our hearts, we can choose whether we want to stay there or not or be delivered from what is in our hearts. So if if your heart is made and, and he's 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 formed you and he's he's changing you, why? Because you have chosen to live a holy and a righteous life. And so you want your heart to be changed. He's giving you a new heart. He said, this heart can produce uh, good fruit. But if if you're a bad tree, a bad tree can only produce what is bad. Remember how Christ cursed the tree that did not have figs on it, but it appeared to? Huh? In other words... We have to be real and genuine, understanding where we are in our lives, in our relationship with Christ. If we are being deceitful about who we are, every single time, the tongue is going to reveal what is truth, what is really true. Just know, and this is what James is saying. He wants us to understand that the tongue defiles a man. It can turn him down. So be careful with what we say. And furthermore, examine ourselves and our hearts and see where we are really in relationship with Christ. So that we won't harm another individual to destroy them, to destroy their thinking to destroy their 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 hearts 
they, they, their, their innocence and their purity. We, we, the people of God, want people to be saved. We want people to come in and to receive salvation. But we got to be careful with our words, our tongue. We must understand in the word of the Lord. Look at look at look at this verse. Verse 12. Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or a vine produce figs? Another question. James is simply just continuing to ask and so we, we, we can point out the difference. If it's a fig tree, he wants you to understand that it's if it's a fig tree, this is what it ought to produce. This is what it's supposed, it's not going to produce olives if it's a fig tree. It's only going to produce figs. So he answers the question by saying, nor can salt water produce fresh. If it's salt water, it's going to produce salt water. Not going to be able to produce fresh water. So this is what James is saying. The tongue will display who you really are. A lot of times we get off track. This is reality. We're not in his word like we should be. We're not amongst the people of God like we should be. And we get off track. And we and our tongues is loose like a fire that will destroy many people. And we need to understand that. The importance about keeping our relationship with Christ fresh. So that he can have that, our hearts in check. And our hearts where it needs to be. So that what's in us will come out of us. And instead of destroying, we can be helpers and we can be uplifting to others. Listen to what Swindoll says here. He says, he says this, he says, I've seen the countenance of children's faces wilt under the rage of a father's tongue. I've seen the spirit of a new Christian crushed because of the demeaning and debilitating words of an impotent older Christian. I've seen characters assassinated, reputations ruined, marriages ripped apart because of an uncontrolled wicked tongue. The tongue can be a devastating force of enormous destruction. So, in other words, James simply says, we cannot control this evil, but God can. The Spirit can. I don't care how much self-control we think we may have. We are no human being has ever been able to tame his or her tongue by themselves. But if God is in control, he is able to do so. I'm quite sure I'm not the only one that has been damaged by the evil heart of a person's tongue. That made me feel useless, unappreciated, discouraged. I'm sure I'm not the only one that has made others feel that way as well. But now that we know that the tongue has the ability to be like a poisonous snake. (laughs) The tongue... It's referred to and talked about and pictured the same way as Gehenna. That filthy, stinking, smelly, burnt up trash that it is. 
we can see and understand that we have work to do as men and women of God to work with our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that he can show us what is really in our hearts and what we are for real. It's okay to talk to the counselor, to talk to a friend, but the counselor, neither does the friend know the condition of your heart. But under different circumstances, the tongue will reveal who you are really. So before we get under attacks and in situations to where our tongue is being tried, Let's get our relationship with Christ in the way that it should be. Let's get it together. Let's let's talk to him on a regular basis. Let's study his word on a regular basis. Let's get in prayer with him so that he can do a fixing on this heart. So that the next time our hearts is under pressure because we've spent time with the Father. Our tongue will produce the time spent with the Father. It'll produce love and kindness and gentleness. It'll show grace and it'll show mercy. I had to testify today One of my co-workers said she was talking to some of the people at work. And she was she began to tell them they were talking concerning me. Didn't really know how to take me. And that was the whole thing about me returning back to this place. Many uh, came across very harsh and Indifferent, indifferent. Because they really didn't know how to take me, how I was going to be. Kind of going by some past conversations that were taught concerning me. And after a few months, a couple of months working there, she, she, she told me, she said, Liz is all right. And she began to tell them she's nothing like she used to be. She's nothing like, look, I took that as a compliment. I know how hard I used to be. I know how guarded I used to be. I know how quick-tempered I used to be. So when you spend time with the Father continually, not here one day and skip by and you ain't talked to him for a week, your heart will show it. And you are endangering those that are around you. Think about your children. How we interact with our children, the the quick and sharp words that we may use. If we don't allow our Lord and Savior to do the work on our hearts. James is saying, the tongue defiles, the tongue defies, and the tongue will display exactly what's in our hearts. We as men and women of God, we have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to allow our tongues to be used by Christ and many will be uplifted and many will be introduced to life and not death. 
if we would be serious about our own relationship with Christ and Him giving us a new heart, a new mind, and a new spirit.